Welcome back, my Mindset Explorers, to yet another episode of the Art of Mindset podcast with your host, me, Brian LeSage. Today we have a very special guest, someone who not only knows how to navigate the stormy seas of business, but also how to harness the winds of change to set sail to new horizons. Introducing Amy Faircloth. Throughout this episode, I have conversations with her to uncover all the hidden gems of wisdom Amy has sprinkled throughout her journey. A journey filled with trials, triumphs, invaluable lessons. And if you've ever wondered what it takes to pivot with grace and ease to overcome challenges and to design a life that truly resonates with your vision of life, then you're in for a treat today. So lean in, listen up, and let's dive into the depths of the mindset mastery with Amy. Amy, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. It's been a real uh, pleasure getting to talk to you previously before we even got into the show. And I think anybody that's listening can really gain a lot from you and your experience of what you've done to build the business that you have now, as well as the life that you've ultimately created for yourself. So with that, I want to say, first off, thanks so much. One of my uh, favorite questions to kind of get into the art of mindset, my guests love it. So do my my listeners as well. Um, with that is kind of rolling back the wheel of time. I like to always kind of go back to fundamental time in our lifetimes of who were we as children. So for you, Amy, who were you as a kid? What were you like on the playground? You know, this is so funny, Brian. This was your first question to ask me because as I was talking to my best friend of 47 years last night, I was kind of going over some of those questions you said you might talk about. And she said that has to be the first question that he asks. And it is. So I think that is just perfect. Um, and so with that, I was um, very protective. Uh, the first time I ever met her, we were on the playground and I, I was always the leader. I was in my brownie uniform. I thought that the playground I was in charge of, I had to protect everyone. I think I've always had that protective nature about me. It's kind of funny. But so, yeah, there was a boy messing with her. And I told him, I said, leave my friend alone. Leave her alone. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to punch you if you don't. And he wouldn't leave her alone. And I punched him. Got taken straight to the principal's office. And we've been best friends ever since. So I think I made it very clear with how loyal I am to my friends. She said, you've got to be honest, Amy. I said, that really is the truth. Um, but no, I think also on the playground too, I was a very, um, I wanted groups together. I always wanted people to be happy. I was always kind of forming, you know, little fun things on the playground around certain, I never wanted to leave anyone out. I think people's feelings were important to me back in second grade, honestly. So yeah, that was fun times back then. <laughs> That's so funny. So you're getting in trouble, beating up boys. That's what you're doing. <laughs> Hey, that's all right. You know, you're right on the right footsteps going that way. So with that, I guess in that aspect, you know, trying to find yourself in that, how was that for you growing up? Did you, did you have role models or people kind of like, this is the kind of person I want to be like, or anything along the lines of kind of developmentally helping you yeah, along that sure. journey? Well, yeah, I had, um, my mom was a single mom for most of my life. She was a nurse as well. 
And so I knew from a very young age that that is what my calling was, was to take care of people. She literally took me to work with her. Um, cause she was a single mom, um, to work. This was back in the seventies where you could go to work with your mom and I would watch her. I would watch her daily routine. I would watch what she did. And it just fascinated me, um, because she always seemed so happy and, and gratified from doing that. And I think I learned from a very young age, whether through genetics or watching her modification, um, it was just something that made me feel good as well. So I really think with her being that role model really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. I have, again, like I've, we've talked previously, I got a background in healthcare as well and had that same kind of feeling of going into it for, for you of just, you know, had your, your mother in it and just kind of saying, okay, this is the trajectory I want to go. This is the, the path if if you will, to uh, follow. How was that for you? Did you struggle with that? Were there hurdles along those ways of just trying to become a nurse? You know, how was that? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I um, I actually went straight out of high school um, to Medical College of Georgia, got my bachelor's degree within four years. So by literally 21 years old, I was already a full-time nurse with a bachelor's degree and have been tromping the ground ever since. I never stopped. Um, I did do um, 18 years of um, OR nursing in the hospital and really enjoyed that. I think it's coming up 27 years now I've been a nurse, but it was 18 years. So the hospital I started in right out of college was the one I stayed in until I got into the aesthetics field. Yeah, that's a long time of being able to stay in one, in, I guess, one facility, one location. Um, with with that, or just kind of, again, finding that pathway of into healthcare, of taking care of people, you went into the OR probably saw an array of different things at that point. But was there any inkling of saying like, I want to do more, you know, this is, this is good. This is a good job. This is a good career, if you will. But I feel like I need to do more because I can, I can sense that. And I imagine it's something I want to explore a little bit more. Yeah, sure. I, I loved what I did in the OR. So it was honestly, to be completely honest, it was a struggle a little bit to leave there. Um, My husband at that time was an oral surgeon and needed me to come, um, do Botox for TMJ and his jaw surgery patients. So literally for a couple years, I would still have my foot in the door at the OR a couple days a week. And then I started this business out of his practice one day a week, one to two days a week. And I did that for a couple years. And then it, it grew so rapidly that I finally had to make a decision. I was kind of given 20 and 30% to both sides, but nobody was really getting a hundred percent from me. And I knew that I needed to focus and hone in on one. So I made the leap. I'll never forget leaving the hospital after 19 years. I pulled out of the parking deck and it was surreal for me. I was like, I'm really, I'm really leaving this aspect of nursing to go jump into something that at that time was 10 years ago was almost unknown. You know, it was a, it was a not so talked about field of medicine and nursing, you know, and, but I did it and it was, it was a great decision. Yeah. For that, did you have anybody in your life that was like running that entrepreneur, obviously a husband at that time, you know, or a surgeon, you know, kind of have his own practice there in that regard. But is there anyone else that was like, how did you prepare yourself mentally and physically to take that leap? Because that's not something that happens overnight. Yeah. I I don't know that I'm still prepared mentally and physically. It's been 10 years. It's always, it's, it's the evolution of always changing with this field. I mean, it is 
there's something new all the time. That's part of the reason I love it. But I don't think I ever was prepared. You know, it kind of came very quickly. And I've owned a few other businesses in my life, but it, you know, we had other partners or it had managers that ran itself. And this one was one that I was kind of taking in on my own. My husband at the time was busy running his oral surgery practice. He really didn't have time to deal with this. This was kind of my baby. And so I went in it blind and, but I knew, I knew the vibe I wanted. I knew the vision I wanted. I knew that I didn't want to be like a chain med spa. I didn't want to, you know, be like everyone else. I wanted people to leave mine and go, wow, that was so different. Like I feel so connected. And that was, that's kind of where I started. And I trial and error each day. I would just learn, boy, that didn't work. Or we need to try something different or let's bring this in, you know, um, and it was just learning constantly still, you know, I still am, but it was a bit of a challenge. Um, the business side of it, the business model aspect side of it was a struggle for me. I don't have a business degree. I have a nursing degree. So I knew how to make people feel good. I knew how to do things the right way medically, but every day I was questioning myself. Am I bringing in the right amount of patients? How do I know that I am I've got a good SEO. How do I know that I've, you know, there were just some things that I didn't quite understand um, that I just taught myself along the way. Yeah. Yeah. For, I guess for that, and that's that entrepreneurial spirit, if you will, just taking that risk, taking that step and then learning along the way, you know, being okay to launch at 80% um, and taking action on that not waiting for perfection because that just doesn't exist in, in the, in the realm of, you know, starting a business. So with, with that, if you would, I guess just kind of saying, what would you be able to provide or say to someone that might be thinking about taking that next step into starting their business or moving into uh, an entrepreneurial space or anything those along those lines, what was something you'd say to your younger self during that time, 10 years ago, if you will, to the same person that is in that right now? So I think the biggest thing is slow down. I think we're all chasing the high. That's what I call it. You know, you always think there's something better. The next thing is going to make you more money. The next thing's going to make you more famous. The next thing's going to bring you more patience. When if you just live in the now, I struggle with that still. I really struggled with it when I was younger. Um, I was a very active, hyper, always wanting to do something new kid. And even as an adult, I'm always like, where can we do that? Is that new? And I think slowing down sometimes and focusing on what's right in front of you, giving it your all, making sure all the kinks are worked out. I think sometimes if you keep adding more stuff to the train and the train isn't on a straight track, it's going to be hard for that very front caboose to drive the way it needs to, right? If it's if it's not, if it keeps piling all the stuff on and it was never being driven correctly in the first place. So, you know, I've kind of gone through that a little bit with my practice in the past year. I've brought in some new staff, worked to eight staff members at this one location. And there wasn't a lot of structural guidelines. If you could believe it or not, Brian, I didn't have an office manager until about a year ago. So I was trying to run this business, be a mom, um, be a manager, you know, inject all day. And it just, it wasn't working. And so I had to hand over some responsibility to someone else. And that's very hard for a person like me. I'm a very, I like to manage and micromanage everything, but I realized that it was, it could, I was burning out. Yeah. 
I was burning out. And, um, and I think that's the thing too, is just to slow down, let people help you focus on what's right in front of you. Take advantage of the help, take advantage of having a little downtime and, and maybe not needing something always being new or, you know, being there or challenging you. Some challenges are good, but so is quiet time and resetting the soul. You know, like if your soul's not reset, it's really hard to move forward, I think. So that's probably my biggest challenge. Yeah, no, that's a big challenge for sure now. And even back, you know, going backwards and trying to help people or even your younger self at that regard. With that, I guess, in, in trying to find that, that, that ability to pivot into something or start a business for you, how did you find yourself in the aesthetic realm? Was there something drawing you there already? Or where did you find that, I guess, inspiration of saying, hey, look, I need to start a business here? Yeah. Um, well, I know, you know, I was doing it for my husband then for medical purposes, right? For his jaw surgery patients. And then more and more, I thought, wow, I could really help people in many ways with this other than just therapeutically, you know. Um, and then it was a little bit of a push from staff and friends and everyone saying, OK, you need to do this because 10 years ago it, it wasn't on every street corner. You know, it was very exclusive. And so I think I was the only one in this town, actually, except for the plastic surgeons, to be honest with you. I kind of jumped out there and said, OK, so I started um, and I feel like the biggest reward was seeing people. It was a different kind of happiness. You know, the hospital patients were happy when they got to go home and post-surgery, but this was a completely different happiness. You know, we saw people coming to us that were not in a good way. Sometimes they had just gotten divorced um, and they were really down on themselves. They, um, you know, just moved here, didn't know anyone. Maybe they were getting married and wanted to feel better. There were all kinds of different scenarios in people's lives and we could make them happier and make them grow more I think and that was the satisfaction that really led me to wanting to do this full-time and create a space where they could come and do this often you know from all walks of life we have patients age range from 18 to 82 and my 82 year old's a man if you'll believe that (laughs) and so we have all walks of life And there's always something going on in someone's life. I tell people when they walk in the store, I can promise you, whether it's something great, whether it's something bad, whether it's something that's got them scared, there is always something going on in that person's life when they walk in the store. And it's my goal to make sure they feel better when they leave, right? So that was kind of the goal. We don't even, I'm not so much focused on whether they spend money and get a treatment, I'm focused on how they feel when they leave because 99% of the time, if you can make your clients, your patients happy, feel good, it's just a good vibe, a good energy, they're going to come back to your office. They're going to return, you know, Um, and that was my goal was to, I want to, I want a marriage. I don't want a one night stand. I want my patients to stay for the long haul, you know, and so that was my little business model. You know, I don't, sure, could I get more people in here throughout the day? And my numbers would be through the roof. Yep. But how many of those are going to be loyal? How many are going to return? And that's my goal is patient retention and building relationships and keeping them loyal to you. And that's the way I found um, that I kept the loyalty up with them. Yeah. 
How did you find that out to be an important focus? Not again, we've always heard the saying, you know, quantity or quality versus quantity. You know, you want to have all of these things, but for you as a business, it can, you can get easily or business owner, you can get easily distracted and saying, Hey, look, I'm going to chase the next dollar. You know, I can get a lot of money if I can just do these procedures 30 minutes, quick, 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 staff it and pack it in there. Right. Um, how did you say, you know, that's not the right approach that I want to create. Was that intrinsic? Where did that come from? Yeah, I think so. You know, and well, I told my staff, you know, we, we have time slots for each type of patient. And I believe that when you, especially in this industry, the make or break point is the minute that patient walks in your office. First of all, that right there sets the whole entire tone. And the second thing is how much time did I spend with them? I have some patients that, that, you know, want to get in and get out. But this is a smaller city. This isn't Chicago. This isn't New York. You know, we, we're we a southern small town, and they want to come in and, how's your mama? You know, how, how's your boys? Are they still at college? They like small talk. They like that interpersonal relationship. And so my new patient consults are an hour long. And in that hour, I can usually find out everything I need to find out from that patient as what are their, what are their goals, their aesthetic goals, what what's bothering them? Is there something that they weren't happy about at their previous treatment? What would they like to see from me? And I feel like if you can capture that at the consult and develop that treatment plan, if you will, or relationship, it's, it's going to create much more quantity of the person and their treatments to you and being loyal and coming back, you know, in and out. I feel like the person doesn't get to know you. What's the difference in you and the next med spa down the road? They really don't know because you didn't spend that time with them, you know. And so um, we just we we decided we were going to make it a space where, you know, I listen to, to podcasts often. And the one thing they say is if you get into this business for money, you're doing it. If you're starting it for money, you're in it for the wrong reason. Um, patients can feel it. They can see it. Um, your your peers in this in this um, industry see it. And it just doesn't make you. It doesn't credential you, I don't feel like. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that I think that's, a, again, a big part of a lot of businesses, you know, talking to, you know, business owners around the world and really things what they say is, you know, driving value. So, how do you drive value? And it's not anything about, you know, service provided anymore. It's really against patient experience or customer experience. You know, what do they feel when they walk in? Do they feel as if all time stops and they're one focus that you care the most about? And how do you build up that value ladder the right way where you're walking somebody down through that pathway of value and continually driving value toward them? So the, the business model is shifting in that because I think like you mentioned, places are they're everywhere, med spas in general. You know, you can find them on every street corner, like you said. So, how do you how do you stick out? You know, we're in a, we're in a time where things can feel very, I guess, if you will say, you know, packed, uh, excessive amounts of you know noise. So, how do you stand out in the noise? You got to come again about it a different way. So, for somebody that might not even be thinking about going to aesthetic processes of entrepreneurship, but is wanting to get into entrepreneurship. What would you state to say, how do I find a business? Yes, there's already tons out there maybe doing what I think I want to do, but how do I find that experience that I want to drive through 
going and talking to people? Do I read books? Do I listen to podcasts? Like, what would your two cents be to gain the most amount of insight to help your customer or patient's experience be the best? Yeah. So, you know, I train Brian for a few companies all over the country. So I see brand new med spas starting up, brand new injectors. And a couple of the first things I tell them when we sit down and we kind of go over what's our goals here, what do you want to learn, is find what makes you unique, find what makes you different. You know, every time I see a new injector, I say, we can't be good at everything, right? There's no way you can. So you find your niche, what you want to be known for, what you want to make people come to you for, and be really good at that. You know, um, I knew a long time ago, lips was my jam. I wanted to do lips. And so when I started in this industry, I went to every conference I could. I, I went and shadowed, you know, people, the legends and people that had been in this industry for a long time. And I wanted to know their pearls. And I, And to be honest with you, I still do that. I feel like if you ever stop learning, you're, that's it. You can kind of, you can kind of top out your business and your, your model right there because you can't ever stop learning. If you're, it's not good to be the smartest person in the room. So I think I tell, you know, new, new leaders, new entrepreneurs, injectors, find what you're really good at and then find a way that you can communicate to your patient clientele that there is an open communication and they feel like they can, you know, if there's, if they don't have realistic expectations and they come into your practice expecting you to do A, B, and C and they leave and that wasn't done, but you didn't communicate that, it's hard to have clientele reten- retention. They're going to leave and go, man, I'm really disappointed. She didn't give me what I wanted. So I think being realistic with your patients, giving them realistic outcomes, finding your niche and getting really good at it. And I think, you know, just to continue your education and learn. And never, never be stagnant, you know, just continue to, there's this, this field's always ever changing. You know, there's, I've been doing Botox over 10 years and literally just learned a new technique about six months ago. So you can't ever stop. So I think that would be great advice to a new one. Yeah. Yeah. I think again, yeah, just trying to, again, what, what makes you unique and people struggle with that of, you know, finding what makes them unique and because they're like, I um, nothing, right? Nothing. Yeah, it's hard to do that. So how did you go about finding your unique, you know, you said lips for sure was like your jam, something you loved, but there's probably other portions of your, you know, your unique self that you had to dig up. So how did you go about finding that? Yeah, well, I knew that I wanted a space um, that was different than everyone else's. I went on a yoga retreat when I was building this. I was in Aruba. And I was just trying to, like you said, get rid of the noise. There's so much noise around us. And this was back in 2017. And I was currently at my husband's office then. And I switched. And I was building a practice across the parking lot. And I was starting from ground zero. And I thought, what do I want this? What do I want this vibe to look like? Like, I'd been in other aesthetic offices and knew it was, you know, they all kind of had the same model. And I said, what do I want this to look like? I want them to come in here and almost feel like they're on my yoga retreat because I left that yoga retreat completely renewed. And that's kind of the model and the motive for what they leave here feeling like. So I came back, my staff says I was never the same when I came back. And, um, 
so we we came back and went to work here and really got this place looking like we wanted. We've got, I don't know if you can see, we've got quotes on every wall. Um, you know, we've got plants everywhere. We've got an intention wall here that is uh, people can leave positive mantras for other new patients coming to kind of let them know why they were here. And um, we burn oils in the rooms. You know, we've just, we're big on the holistic and getting yourself right while you're here, not just with Botox and fillers, but internally. And so that's kind of what we built this office around. So Beautiful. Well, I got to ask, did you do more yoga retreats? Because it sounded like you're life changing for you. Well, I really, I'm ready to do another one. I, I turned 50 in two more years and we're going international with that one. So we've already planned it, but. That would be exciting. That would be exciting. Yeah, uh, I love that. I think anything that you can do to kind of slow yourself down, you know, yoga retreats is a huge one or just, you know, removing yourself. Um, you know, COVID caused a lot of people to go within and kind of slow the pace down. Um, not all for the good, but, you know. I, th I think at first it was good. I think we were moving too fast as a country I think, or a world. I think everybody was just moving so fast. That we, you know, the first week or two of COVID, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it was it was not bad. I think the whole world was shut down and I knew we were all sitting at home together. And then after a few weeks, you know, here I am, my business stayed closed almost three months and I'm I'm panicking, you know, especially as an as an empath and an extrovert. It was rough to not be able to come to work all day, talk to people and comfort them, you know. And, um, but I think it did us some good at the beginning. And, and now I feel like, you know, things will never be the same, but I think we appreciate things a little more now. I know I do. Um, and so, but yeah, I think just sometimes, you know, having some quiet time, some silence, and I'll be honest with you, I'm guilty. They have to get onto me here quite often. My staff does to stop, you know, um, because I always just am looking for something so another way to make this better here, you know, I don't feel like we can ever make it good enough, but I'm guilty. But. Yeah. I think we all are, you know, to a point, you know, we all have these, these drives and these, these motives to go further on certain things. You know, maybe it's a, it's not a healthy one. Maybe it is a healthy one. Maybe it says healthy initially, then it goes unhealthy. You know, it can go into a number of ways. Um, so I guess for you in that regard, what what is the best way for you to kind of calm yourself now to slow the noise? Even now as a business owner, you've been in it, had it going, you know, here for 10 plus years. What are we doing to try to maintain growth, you know, but also not burn ourselves out? What do you do to kind of reset, remove and quiet yourself? So I'll tell you, weekends are my time. If I'm not traveling to train, they know I leave here on Friday and it is shutdown time. It is, you know, don't return emails. It took me a long time to, to do that. I was always panicking. Oh, if I don't return this email or this text, I'm going to lose this client or this patient. No, you won't. They'll be there. And you have to get your mind reset. You know, at the end of the week, as injectors, we've, we call ourselves therapists because we are, we've absorbed so many people's energy that literally at the end of the day, it's hard for me to pick up a phone and return a phone call, you know, and you have to get that energy out or you're going to burn yourself out mentally, physically, you're going to start having illness. 
So I will, at the end of the day, turn everything off. I, I don't listen to TVs. I can't even listen to the radio. Can't return phone calls. I will, I will shut down. And I'll ground myself. I'll walk around barefoot. I'll sit outside and listen to nature. You know, you kind of just need to find what resets you. Some people want to sit in a room and read. Some people want to be outside. Whatever it is, you need to find that niche and you need to do it often because I can tell you, you will get burned out in this industry. Social media has been a blessing and a curse because I feel like, you know, it's really promoted our, our businesses. So it's an easy way for people to find us, but it, it is also nonstop. And, you know, you get off one platform, you get on another, you get you, I, you know, I had a, someone here yesterday. They said they set a, a timer on their phone, and when they their timer goes off, they shut their phone off. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It's a good little concept, but you know, I I try to do that. I try on the weekends to just spend time getting myself right. You know, not not trying to solve patients' problems, in the world's problems. You know, I want to, I need to get my mind right. And on Monday, I feel like I come back super refreshed. Yeah, it is. And and having those moments of what you just spoke about, you know, having those times of, you know, resetting, removing, you know, just taking away technology, technology free days. Those are huge, you know. Um, And I think it's kind of interesting how we're seeing that become more and more common. You know, it's more people are talking about it, about, you know. And I think it's like you said earlier, we're just getting bombarded with so much information and noise and you got to do this. You got to do that. You haven't done this. You need to do that. You know, there's a lot of people that are telling you how to live your life. And the best thing to do is really kind of just shut everything. (laughs) I know, right? It's not always good. Shut everything down and just walk away for a minute and get back to the basics, you know, um, of just being outside or going for a hike. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's, I think it's, you know, it's good. It gives us information that maybe we didn't have before years ago, you know, but I also, this is one of my pet peeves and I talk about this every time I teach at a conference or anything else, we get absorbed with it a little too much sometimes and it gives a false sense of what this industry and being a business owner is, right? So, you know, people see these famous injectors, well, Instagram famous, injectors and think, oh, I want that life. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to run the practice. They do. I'm going to be them. You know, sometimes we get away from what, what is a good injector? What, what is one, you know, what's a good business owner or entrepreneur, you know, what's going on behind the scenes at their office? Is their staff happy? You know, are, are, are they bringing in retaining their own staff? Are they coming up with ways to make their business grow internally versus just social media wise? You know, that's, that's a big thing. I think we got away from that a little bit during COVID and a lot of people who maybe weren't even that great of injectors or business owners all of a sudden did a, a one hour live and they're they're who everyone looks up to now. And I think that's a false sense sometimes, right? And um so I tell people it's it's not all a bad thing. You know, take a few pearls from that, but be realistic. And go work in someone's office and shadow them and mentor under them physically in front of them, not behind an Instagram camera. You know, I think that's, you're going to get some really authentic 
advice. Yeah. No, that's good advice that, for so. anybody, you know, anyone looking in to get into any industry, you know, just taking that step of saying, Hey, look, uh, I'd like to, you know, follow you around, shadow you. I'm interested. And then most of the time you'd be surprised, you know, show a little curiosity and, and you'd be surprised what somebody's willing to share with you for free. Um, and, uh, you know, people are a lot more, Exactly. Never hurts to ask at all. And you know, people are a lot more willing to share uh, than I think we really kind of tell ourselves in our minds, you know, just saying, no, they're not going to give me a time of day. Why would they ever let me in their office? Blah, 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 blah. And then we shut things down before he even leaves the train station. So, yeah, I think that's strong advice that you give there. With, with um, I guess, where you see yourself going, I, li- I like to always kind of tie shows up into, you know, we talked about where you came from, what you've been doing, what you've struggled with along the way, how you've overcome those. Amy, as as we move into the future here, uh, what are you most excited about for you and your business? Could be your life, could be anything. What most optimizes or gives you the most optimism, if you will? You know, I have a great team right now. We have a good energy here. Um, and your team is everything. I'm nothing without my team, honestly. I tell them that every day. I mean, you think I could run 40 patients in and out of this office, check them in, check them out, do their check? Heck no. Heck no. So, you know, with a great team, I feel like anything's possible. Let's be honest. And, um, you know, we have grown by leaps and bounds just within the past two years, which is kind of nuts to think about that. You know, we shut down and come back even busier. Um, and we have. And so it's been awesome. I'm very grateful, very humbled, very um, excited. And, you know, I've got some good some good people around me who like to work. And I think when they have that drive and the same vision as you, and you're a leader that, you know, I, I, I've never used, I don't use the word boss with them. That That's not, um, I don't like it team member, teammate, and, and they know that. And I'll, I'm here with them till eight o'clock at night. If I have to be, I'm, I'm Swiffer in the floors, I'm refilling waterfalls. You know, I think if you set a good example as a leader, your business can only grow from there. You know, we, we also maintain the reputation, you know, we're, we're not the office that wants to step on other people or put other people down because so we can get better. I feel like that only makes you look very insecure we we want to grow. We want this field to grow. I want this industry to grow. That's why I do so much training across the country. I want people to do things the right way because it's only going to make my business, it's going to bounce back to me and make mine grow because the aesthetic industry as a whole will have a good reputation, a good name, you know, and that's what we all want to drive for, you know. Um, we've got an office in Atlanta. We have a satellite up there. And eventually I would like to grow that more and maybe even another satellite um, just as we grow. We would like to to bring that in. We've partnered. Well, we've collaborated with some other physicians in our current town and we've created what's called an essential center. And so it's still in the works. Um, it's going to be wonderful when it's created. But we wanted a space where women, men, whoever could come and have everything done under one roof. So we we are the aesthetic essentials. We do the face. We've got two plastic surgeons coming, and they're going to be plastic surgery essentials of Augusta. And we have a UroGYN doctor who is pelvic health essentials of Augusta. We have an hydration essentials of Augusta, which is an IV lounge. And basically, we just want you to be able to come here and let us work on any problem you have under one roof. People want continuity. They want a sense of everything being 
put together and not having to do a lot of research. And so that's our goal within the next year or two. I would love to have it to where we could encompass almost everything a woman needs as far as healthcare under one, under one roof. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, we are. We're just, we're, we're excited. I think the future is going to be great. I'm claiming it. Words of there affirmation. It is. Yeah, Claim set, what you want. set that intention. Exactly right. That's exciting stuff. I like that idea of, you know, the essentials, bringing everything under together under one roof. That's again, it's, uh, people like you said, are looking for that continuity and that's that. So, um, as we kind of get to the, the end of the show here, there's one last question I always like to kind of close with, and it's basically in aspect, if you could go back and give one piece of advice to yourself or a younger person that's maybe in that early twenties phase of their lives of just trying to figure out who they are, what would you say to that person? Um, you know, I, I would just say, you know, take your time, find your passion. You know, I have two boys, 23 and 21, and I feel like um, I'm constantly telling them, I just want you happy, right? I want you to find what makes you happy, find what makes your soul happy and do it. Um, And I think in this generation, there's a lot of them struggling with that. I think when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of that. There wasn't a lot of options, if you will. Um, you either were going to be a doctor, a nurse, a policeman, a, you know, now I think, I think the employment industry is so wide. They can work from home remotely, you know, on their, they have so many options. I think it's a little overwhelming, but I, I just think I would love to tell them, you know, stop watching TikTok and thinking you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow. You're not, you know, figure out what, what your niche is, what makes you happy and then be the best you can at it, you know? Um, I, I tell my boys that constantly, they're probably tired of hearing that from their mom. Um, but I would say that to any young person, you know, find what makes you happy. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to not be, you're not going to do your best at whatever you do in life. If you're not doing something that fulfills you, you know, if you're just doing it because your mom wants you to do it, if you're just doing it because you've had a long line of physicians that you feel like you have to follow, you're not going to be the best physician you can be if you're just doing it because it's expected, do what makes you happy, do what fulfills you and the success yeah. will follow. Strong, strong advice there, right there, Emmy. Uh, this has been really fun and actually, actually really enjoyable and a lot of good tidbits of information throughout it. So I want to first off, say thank you again for coming on and having this conversation um, and being on the show. Thank you, Brian. I'm so glad we did this. It's things I've been wanting to say. And you just gave me a platform to do it. My staff and patients are probably tired of hearing it. <laughs> so, it's another way. Absolutely. Yep. Happy to there. share it. And uh, it's been great. And thanks so much. And wishing you well for future growth and everything that's coming your way. And I'm excited for you. Thank you, and Brian. That's this episode of The Art of Mindset with Brian LeSage. This conversation with Amy was one that had her insights, stories that truly embody the essence of an empowered mind. And I have to say today's discussion has sparked a curiosity in me, and I hope it did so in you as well. If you're interested in embracing transformative approaches in mindset, business, and lifestyle, let me know. Get in touch with me, reach out, hello at brianlessage.com. Even if you're interested on in being a potential guest for future episodes, I'd love to talk, I'd love to chat, I'd love to connect. And remember, the right mindset is the foundation of success in every realm. Until next time, keep nurturing your art.
of mindset.